On today's Locked On Royals podcast, we're going to dive into the weekend that was kind of a disappointing weekend for Kansas City as they lose the series to Detroit, but the bright spot was once again Brady Singer. Brady Singer continues to deal. What does that mean for the future of the Royals and this rebuild? All of that and more coming up on the Locked On Royals podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. Your teams every day. You are Locked On Royals, your daily Kansas City Royals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's get it going on the Locked On Royals podcast, on the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. I am your host, Ryland Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. Follow the show on Twitter at Locked On Royals. Email the show, LockedOnRoyals at gmail.com. On today's show, we're going to dive into the weekend that was against the Detroit Tigers, why it was a disappointing weekend, why Brady Singer saved the weekend, and what to take moving forward after this series against Detroit, how that positions Kansas City for this year and beyond. But I want to thank you right now for making Lockdown Royals your first listen every single morning, every single day. We are here for you. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts from including on YouTube. So check that out as well. Also, check out Locked On Chiefs, recapping that big win against the Arizona Cardinals on their podcast, also Monday through Friday for them. Uh, And, of course, short week for Kansas City, so make sure you check them out uh, to preview and recap Thursday's game against the Chargers. So a lot to get to today. I know that the Chiefs season started over the weekend. I know that there was a... Very important college football game in Morgantown and a very important game with K-State taking on Missouri. So, of course, that involves two of the fan bases local to the Royals. And, honestly, you expand this out. Let's see. You had Missouri-K-State. You had Kansas uh, going to Morgantown. You had uh, Nebraska losing to Georgia Southern and firing their coach. You had Iowa and Iowa State playing. So that really covers the whole, you know, geographic fan bases for Kansas City. Oklahoma played Kansas State. Oklahoma State played uh, Arizona State. So everyone was in action, plus the Chiefs were opening up their season in Arizona. So you had a lot to digest over the weekend. And I totally understand if on the first weekend of football for the NFL and on week you know two of the uh, college football season, if you were not just dialed into uh, Kansas City Royals baseball. I-, I totally understand that. I totally get that. Given their you know 57 and 84 record, They don't deserve your undivided attention, but allow me to recap what happened for you and what happened uh, this weekend. So the Royals now sit 57 and 85. They are, they they have a 401 winning percentage, so they're almost below 400, much less being, of course, at 500 or or worse. Uh, They're 19 games back of the division. In the wild card race, they're 22 and a half games back. Um, a playoff spot reminder that there's three wild card spots now, and uh, despite that fact, the Royals still can't get close to being in contention. Uh, and if you remember going into the weekend, what was the feeling? 
what was uh, the idea heading into the weekend? Well, you just came off of a tough series against the Guardians where you lost by one run Monday. You got shut down by Shane Bieber Tuesday, but you came right back and won in walk-off fashion against the Guardians on Wednesday. So you felt good. You felt good. You had the off day Thursday. So you go, you lose two or three against Cleveland, but two of them were very competitive games. And in the, in the one that wasn't competitive, it was just a outlier in the sense of like, you know, not an outlier, but it was, is, you know, it wasn't an outlier, but it was explainable. Let's put it that way. It was explainable. Like it's totally understandable to get shut down by Shane Bieber. He's a, he's a Cy Young guy. Uh, you know, he, he is somebody that can uh, easily maneuver through a young lineup. And even in getting just dominated by Shane Bieber, you still had a ton of things to take away from that, 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 that game. Like the young players had film and they had, you know, ability to adjust. Right. And then you hit that walk-off on Wednesday, had the day off Thursday, and then we were heading to Detroit after beating them up last weekend, and this was supposed to be your weekend where you have Chris Bubich on the mound, you know, you have, uh, I should say, Brady Singer on the mound, you have Daniel Lynch on the mound, you have kind of your young guys up there, and uh, yeah, it didn't go well, it did not go well. We 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 were hoping the Royals could win this series and give you all the good feelings um, heading into the football weekend, and this was a disappointment, and, and honestly... If you haven't, like, checked back in with the Royals in a long time, this is one of the first times that it's been disappointing since the trade deadline. It's It's been, you know, it's recently been a lot of highs for this young team. But this weekend was the first time you can look at it and say, huh, that was really disappointing, or, or at least a missed opportunity. And it got set the tone early on Friday. I mean, on Friday, Detroit wins 10-2 to to the tune of 17 hits Daniel Lynch who's been having a roller coaster of a season you know for Kansas City he goes out there throws three and two thirds innings and within four innings of baseball he surrenders two home runs off of ten hits and gives up six Brad Keller comes out of the bullpen and in two innings, gives up three hits, a two-run shot, I should say a home run solo shot, and then also another run given up uh, with two walks as well. So in two innings, five base runners from Brad Keller, who was once a part of your rotation and was once viewed as the top-inning guy in your rotation. And Luke Weaver just continues to be a disaster. Two innings pitched, uh, a, hit, uh, a run given up, three strikeouts. Uh, honestly, one of his best performances in Kansas City, but still was not great. Uh, but I, I still like the Luke Weaver trade. I, I know that people wish that they would have given Emmanuel Rivera more time. I get that. But to me, you have a surplus of infield guys, even guys we haven't seen yet, like like uh, Nick Lofton. You have a surplus of infield guys. You don't have a lot of pitchers. So whenever exchanging flyers, because let's be honest, as much as, we like, as much as we like Emmanuel Rivera, he was a flyer type of guy. He wasn't a sure thing. He wasn't a guy that could... That, that would project to start every single day. Nothing of that sort or nothing of that ilk. So when you're trading a guy who's viewed as a flyer, you might as well trade him for a position that you need a flyer in. You need a flyer, you know, in your pitching staff more so than in your infield because you have a surplus of infielders. On top of the standard, right, you know, the standard uh, Nicky Lopez, Bobby Witt Jr., on top of, you know, uh, you know Nick Prado, Vinny Pascantino, those four guys, plus uh, you still have Hunter Dozier hanging around, uh, you, you have Jim Lynn as a can play catcher. 
Like you, you just look and you have Mike Massey, uh, Mike, Mike Massey as well, obviously, that needs playing time. Like seriously, look at this lineup. So you have Bobby Witt Jr., you have Mike Massey, you have, uh, you have Nick Prado, Vinny Pascantino, of course, those, those who play first base, of course, Andre Melendez catches. But then you have Hunter Dozier, who the Royals still like to get time. Uh, and even past that, what's coming up down the pike? Uh, Alberto Mondesi is still hurt. So we've just gone Mondesi, Dozier, and you can kind of count those on the back end. Massey, Bobby Witt Jr., Nicky Lopez uh, as well. And then we're not even going to count the first baseman and catchers here. So we're already at five. Then you, you go down to Nick, uh, Nick Lofton, first-round pick. That's six infield guys that you really enjoy, like that you really have um, – you know, you really have high hopes for. Uh, Michael Garcia is a guy that you might think can can pan out, you know, is, is, is a, enough of a flyer guy to not give up on at just age 25. You know, I, I should say age 24.5. Jesus. I should say age 22.5. I think I went through every single number in the book before getting to his actual age. Uh, so the, the point I'm driving at here, that's, I mean, we're up to seven now. The point that I'm driving at here is you have so many of these middle infield guys that you feel comfortable with them panning out to where you can afford to give up on Emmanuel Rivera to trade him in for a flyer on the mound. Because I think that Emmanuel Rivera has a niche. Like, he, he can be a, a guy that is a great utility bat that can play all over the you know the infield and um, can come off the bench as a pinch hitter and can spell guys for a day or two. But I think that he does have an MLB career ahead of him. It's just that that's the ceiling of it. That's kind of the extent of it. And so would you rather have him try to pan out into that role or have Luke Weaver who could, you know, you get, you feel like if you get him in your system, you get him with your guys that you can work your magic on him and make him a converted bullpen guy that can be really good for you, or even give him another shot as a, as a starter or whatever. Uh, I think that it's much more valuable to, to have that flyer and Luke Weaver in the bullpen. So this was one of his best outings in Kansas city, but still was not great, but uh, at least it was something to work with moving forward. The Royals lose 10 to two giving up 17 hits. The Royals scored two runs on six hits, which a two-hit outing from uh, Nate Eaton was also a great thing to see in this one. But other than that, not much to talk about. Bobby Witt Jr. had a hit. Vinny Pascantino had a double in this game. Uh, Bobby Witt Jr. also, of course, had a two-out RBI, which was cool. But Friday was just a stinker and and one that you know you'd, we'd prefer to forget if you're Kansas City. But something I don't want you to forget is LinkedIn. As you gear up for the fall, you need the right people on your team to help your small business fire in all cylinders. LinkedIn Jobs is here to make it easier to find people you want to talk to faster and for free. So create a job post in minutes on the LinkedIn Jobs to uh, reach your network and beyond in the world's largest professional networks of over 810 million people. Then add your job and the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring with your network so they can help you find the right people to hire. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on the candidates uh, that you want with just the right skills and experiences so you can quickly prioritize uh, who you'd like to interview and hire. That's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering qualified hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the candidate 
You want to talk to faster? Did you know every week nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn? Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on MLB. That's linkedin.com slash locked on MLB. Post your job for free. Terms and conditions do apply at LinkedIn jobs slash locked on MLB. We are back on the Lockdown Royals podcast, on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your teams every day. I am your host, Ryland Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. Follow the show on Twitter at Lockdown Royals. Email the show, LockdownRoyals at gmail.com. Let's say right now, go check out the Lockdown MLB podcast for the national perspective on all of baseball, plus taking you through the stretch run of the regular season. The division that's most competitive is the AL Central, which features the White Sox three games back of Cleveland and the Twins five games back of Cleveland, uh, which at one time was like a three-way, three-way race, race as recently as last week. So that's been uh, interesting to see. The only division that's technically clinched is the NL West with the Dodgers, but uh, with Houston up 12 and a half games, uh, it's, it's not looking likely that Houston will lose that division. It looks like they're going to be able to win it. Uh, with New York up six games, you know, maybe they can hold on, of course. I think that they will hold on, but th- that one's more in doubt. Uh, and then the Cardinals have a seven-game cushion on the Bre- uh, Brewers. And another division that's very, very close is the NL East with the uh, Mets only half a game up on the Braves. So you're, he's going to take you through all of that. Sully will on locked on MLB. Plus the wildcard chase. Baltimore sits five games back of uh, Tampa Bay. Uh, the White Sox at six and a half games back of Tampa Bay, and Minnesota is eight and a half games back of Tampa Bay. And in that wild card race, you have um, Toronto as the number one wild card team, only up a half a game on uh, Seattle and Tampa Bay for that number one spot in the wild card race. So a lot can still change. In the NL side of things, you have the Brewers two games out of the pl- uh, playoffs. Everyone else kind of buried a little bit. Uh, the, the Giants are ten games out, and the uh, Diamondbacks are eleven and a half games out of the playoffs. Philadelphia, a game and a half up on San Diego for that second wild card spot. Uh, they've really turned their season around since firing uh, Joe Girardi. So you can check that out as well. And if you're kind of confused on the playoff format, he'll explain all of that to you as well with updates on how the playoffs look. As of right now, it'd be pretty fun. You have Cleveland and Seattle match, uh, facing off with Tampa and uh, Toronto facing off on the, on the wild card side of things. You have... Uh, St. Louis and San Diego and the Philadelphia Phillies and Braves facing off for the right to go take on the Dodgers and the right to go take on the Mets. Uh, a lot of fun stuff happening over there. The playoffs will start October 7th. So from now until then, get set for the postseason with Locked On MLB. Now, let's continue talking about this weekend that was for Kansas City. Friday was a disaster, of course, but on Saturday... The Royals made it a little bit more respectable, losing 8-4. to Still, though, surrendering, thir- uh, surrendering 11 hits to Detroit, and they only scratched together four hits of their own. One was a double from Bobby Witt Jr. No other extra baggers for Kansas City. Uh, the problem here was John Aisley, four innings of uh, seven hits and seven runs given up with two walks and a home run allowed. Uh, Aisley looked incredible to start the year. He got hurt, and since then has not been the same. And... Now you're left wondering this offseason uh, and moving forward until we can get a bigger sample size. You're left wondering, was his hot start a flash in the pan? Was it due to, you know, just not having a book on him if you're MLB hitters? 
or was it legit and he got hurt and that's why his performance has has gone down because it because the the downtick in production does directly coincide with his first injury uh and so this is one that you can look at glass half full or empty i, I think that if you want to be a skeptic and say uh, the league's figured him out and it doesn't have anything to do with the injury you can do that but if you want to be a, uh, someone who's more on the positive side you can be like look let's see what he does after a full off season uh after he gets fully healthy in the off season and isn't just going out there because he can go out there physically uh, and can actually kind of, you know, he adjusts to hitters, but also he gets uh, healthier this offseason. So I'm kind of in the middle of Hazley. I, I don't want to really lean either way, and I, I don't like to do that, of course. It's kind of a cop-out. But for me, we just don't have a large enough sample size of him being healthy. Uh, because when he was healthy, he was great, but he got hurt early on, and it just it wasn't enough sustained period to say, okay, that's who he was pre-injury. Like pre-injury, that's who he actually is. Post-injury, this is not who he is. Because, you know, he could have fallen off the cliff even in – if he stayed healthy, just because guys adjust quicker uh, and guys have more of a sample size on them, you know, themselves. So I, I'm not sure what Hazley's going to be. I think that at most he's a fourth or fifth starter, though. I think that I'll, I'll go out there and say that right now, that I think that he doesn't really have a shot to be any higher than a fourth starter. Uh, but if he can even reach that ceiling, uh, is yet to be determined. Uh, Snyder gives up uh, one run on two hits in uh, two, uh, no, one inning of work. Amir Garrett comes in. He's fantastic again. Gives up two base runners, a hit and a walk but struck out two and did not give up a single run. Uh, Carlos Hernandez, one inning of clean baseball with a strikeout. Uh, of course, Carlos Hernandez had a great close of the year last year as a starter. Now he's relegated to that bullpen role full-time. But the big story to me is the lineup in this game. Look, it's it's 2022. You know, eight runs is going to happen, and it shouldn't really be a death sentence for you. But when your lineup just goes out there and you know, no hits from Andrew Melendez, one hit from Bobby Witt Jr., two hits from Salvador Perez, no hits, no hits, no hits, no hits, no hits, no hits, no hits throughout the rest of your lineup until you get the, the ninth hitter, Nicky Lopez, who had one. That's just not going to win you games. It's just not. You take away Nicky Lopez's hit, you take away Bobby Wood Jr.'s single hit, you don't have any base runners besides Salvador Perez and the one walk from Vinny Pascantino. You need base runners. The Royals had... Four, five, they had six base runners total in this game. Total. Whereas the Tigers had 11 hits and three walks. Well, 14 base runners is going to lead to more runs, obviously. And the reason that it's frustrating, you know, I understand baseball happens and sometimes it's not your day. But it's not as though you're going up against just elite level arms. Now, uh, Manning is having a great season this year. He's a sub-4 ERA uh, he has an area of th- uh, 3.7, uh, and Chafin is their, is their guy. He's a sub-3 ERA. But I, I just felt like this was the first series that I felt like the approach wasn't there. It was almost as if they just expected to have success against Tigers pitching, more so than having a game plan heading up there the first two games. And that's just kind of what it felt like to me. For the first time, I mean, usually I applaud these guys on their approach, these young players ever since the trade deadline, but this was the first game where I just felt like it wasn't right. It wasn't there. So let's talk about how Brady Singer saved the weekend for the Kansas City Royals. So Brady Singer saved the weekend for Kansas City. Point blank, period. Imagine if the Royals would have got swept by the Tigers on the heels of KU going 2-0 in football, 
on the heels of K-State having a blowout win against Missouri, on the heels of uh, the Chiefs having a blowout win in week one. It would have created that more negative perception around the franchise even more because you had all these other success stories and then you had the Royals who still can't get out of their own way. So what Brady Singer did was huge. Brady Singer goes out there and gives up four hits through seven runs. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Brady Singer goes out there and gives up four hits through seven innings of work and one walk. So five total base runners through seven innings, six strikeouts for Brady Singer, who has brought his ERA all the way down for the season to 3.21. Five base runners, six strikeouts, no runs allowed for Brady Singer. Coleman comes in, clean inning. No hits, no runs, no walks, one strikeout. His ERA is at 2-4-5. And then Scott Barlow, same thing. No hits, no walks, no runs, nothing. He shuts the door on a 4 to nothing victory. This is what I'm talking about. The Tigers had... Five base runners in this game. The Royals had seven hits and three walks. Five base runners versus ten base runners. The Royals had ten. They produced four runs. They won four to nothing. MJ Melinas with a hit. Bobby Witt Jr. goes two for four with a run scored. Then you had Soto Press with a hit. You had uh, Michael A. Taylor get... One hit and two walks, so he's accounting for three of the base runners in, in this instance with a run scored. Mike Massey, a hit and a walk. Drew Walters, a hit and two RBIs. Brady Singer shoved. Brady Singer look, looked elite. And by the way, Brady Singer with that performance won me my uh, <laughs> he won me my uh, fantasy playoff matchup, so I appreciate that greatly, Brady Singer. Uh, he, he pushed me into the semifinals. But... That was the saving grace on the weekend because it was a lot of negative on Friday. It was a lot of negative on, you know, Saturday. Sunday, the Royals were able to salvage the weekend against Detroit and head into their week where they faced the Twins and then on the weekend they faced Boston, you know, head into the week with a better, on a better note to try to propel them to a successful week ahead. But we'll talk more about the week ahead for Kansas City coming up on tomorrow's Locked and Rolls podcast. For now, drop me below what you think of Brady Singer so far this season. Is he a legit number one guy? Are you leaning more toward number two in your rotation? How do you grade Brady Singer as a pitching prospect right now? After an up-and-down career so far, now he looks fantastic this season, especially you know since June. How, how do you grade him out whenever you're looking at putting together this roster? Do you, do you tab him as, okay, he's a bona fide ace, or he's a number two option? Like Where are you at with him uh, for Brady Singer? Also, I want to know your prediction. Will the Royals be over or under a 400 winning percentage this time next week? Let me know what you think down below on YouTube and on Twitter at Lockdown Royals. Until tomorrow, be good and be good to one another.